man, life really do be crazy. I was laying down in bed one night, just thinking to myself. This whole world must have lost its mind. I took my Bible off the shelf. And I started to read, and I started to think that maybe I could help someone out. If I talk about the crazy situations that God brought me out. I'm talking crazy good, crazy bad. I'm talking crazy happy, crazy sad. I'm talking about my ditzy, dorky mom and my low-key crazy dad. So turn your Bluetooth on and hop up in your fancy car. Or plug me in your speakers or your AirPods at the park. Tell your friends to tune in to the podcast coming hot. Open up your ears and your heart. Relax and pop a squat. I have a lot to say and I need you guys here with me. So let's settle in and talk about how crazy life can be. That sounded good, honestly. All right, guys. (laughs) Oh, I'm screaming. What is up? Welcome to the Life Be Crazy podcast. Guys, I'm here with K Mill. <laughs> Whoops. All right, Kylie, say what's up. What's up? <laughs> so, Kylie's one of my homies. We've been homies for how many years? Uh, since our sophomore and junior year. So, that's like 26, 15, 16. Closer. So, like, five years, I think. Okay. Uh, was it sophomore year? Yeah, because it was not freshman year, that's for sure. No, it wasn't freshman year. I didn't become friends with Jordan until sophomore year. Jordan Rose. Yeah. Until sophomore year. And then I became friends with her. With you through her. <laughs> so, yes. that was probably. Shout out to Jay Rizzy. We have rapper names for each other. <laughs> K-Mill, Jay Rizzy, and, and Lil, Lil Klopp. Klopp. <laughs> In case y'all were wondering, Ashlyn has a rap on YouTube oh, by God. the name Little Clop. You should go listen to it. I'll except make her for, link it. Except for it's not on YouTube. What is it on? It's on Twitter. Um, go to Madeline Isaac's <laughs> Twitter account, Stop and it. it's still on there. M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E-I-S-S-S-A-C-S. Madeline Isaacs. Thank you. Um, okay, so we're going to start off this podcast. It's going to be um, probably a more serious one, but we'll have fun in the beginning. So, Kylie, what is your favorite memory with me? I would like to know. Well, okay. Uh, probably there's a lot of memories, I will say, because we have some good times and it's pretty funny 99% of the time, 1% seriousness. And that's about it. But, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but last night, Ashlyn stayed the night with me before church, okay, this morning. And, well, if you know Ashlyn, if she's ever stayed the night with you, mm-hmm. then you know that she sleep talks out the wazoo. <laughs> and, like, sometimes it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you're like, what the heck was that? And you'll think it's a ghost. Like, one time, she, <laughs> whenever we still lived in Yukon... Because we both don't live there anymore, but it's okay. We're city girls. Except for she's an Edmond girl. I'm a city girl. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not either. I want to be back in Mustang, Yukon area. That's our roots. It is. Anyways. We just fist bump. (laughs) But one time, whenever, I don't even know if she knows this because obviously she was asleep, but she stayed the night. It was probably like our senior year. And she shot up in the middle of the night, pointed to the corner of my room and said, 
no are you serious (laughs) yeah and i was like so confused because i wasn't asleep yet and she can fall asleep like in 0.2 seconds which i can too but i usually fall asleep later and she just shot up and said no and i was were you scared scared literally i kept saying ashlyn ashlyn and no she didn't wake up okay but that's just a little snippet of how she has always been like this. Yes. But last night, I even took notes in my notes on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> she was prepared. Yeah, and it, I labeled it Ashlyn Sleep Talk. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I was still awake, Avi, and she was asleep. She even fell asleep on the couch, so that just shows Dude, how I tired was she was. snoozing. But the first thing she said... Cheery, beady, mask. All, all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. Which absolutely makes no sense, but Wait, it was so hilarious. I, I Oh, okay. I said cheery, beady, mask. Yeah, it's like basically A, B, C, D. So you're like cheery, A, is the what I've gathered. Yeah. Beady is B, mask is C, and then all of the above. And then you said, yeah, all of the above. Like, was as I in, taking like, a test? <laughs> I don't know. I was very confused. Dude, but 2020. Then, cheery beady and masks. Yeah. It's always That's all you mind. need for 2020. <laughs> cheery beady. <laughs> what even is that? I don't know. Cheery's, like, happy, but. Yeah. And then, like, maybe not even 10 minutes later, she said, like, only the little things. It goes away with time. Like, a solid foundation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, very loudly, almost, like, if... Anybody else is in the room, they would have woken up. She screams, okay, leave the dope. And I was like, what the heck is she dreaming about? I, I swear, I promise I don't do drugs. She swears. I swear. <laughs> but I had a dream. Okay, I had a dream one time not that long ago. Um, like legit maybe a month and a half ago. That I, um, I had had cocaine. <laughs> So, we are questioning her, uh... My sobriety? Sobriety. That's the one. So, but I don't do drugs. But I had cocaine on me, and I was trying to get rid of it. And I was, like, I told this homeless man, and I was, it was, like, stored inside of a hole puncher. Why, I don't know. Never (laughs) will now. Yeah, but, so I had it in the hole puncher, and then I freaking was like walk up to this homeless man i'm like will you take this i don't know what to do with it and there's like police officers and drug dogs everywhere Everywhere. and i was like he goes i'm not holding that do you not see all the police officers and i was like frick so i was running and i found a ditch and i threw it in the ditch but it didn't land in the water it landed on the side of the ditch and i was like crap they're gonna find it and trace my fingerprints and come arrest me because that's what they do yeah exactly that's what they do and like in my head in my dream it was like i was trying to hide a dead body or something (laughs) so i run down there and i throw it in the middle of the water and i was like oh my gosh and i remember like walking away from it and being like I hope it, like, drowns deep enough, like, because <laughs> if drowns deep enough, yeah, sinks deep enough, stink enough, stinks, <laughs> sinks deep enough, Drowned. because then what if they find it then? And then I woke up and I was so relieved that I don't do drugs and that I wasn't <laughs> trying to hide cocaine. Anyway. But moral of the story, she dreams about dope a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why. I don't. But after she screamed. Childhood trauma. <laughs> rightfully so. But after she screamed, okay, leave the dope, she turns over, wide-eyed, literally staring me in the face and said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. 
it. I got up and my roommate, Ari, was still awake. Shout out to Ari, hey. She was in the bathroom and I just plummeted in there. It was like, listen to what happened. And of course she thought it was hilarious because if you don't, then you're a bump on a log. But True. <laughs> it was really funny because... She screamed, okay, leave the dope. Love that. Moral of the story. Moral of the story. <laughs> um, now, my favorite memory with you, Kylie. Oh. Um, I actually don't know. We ha- we've done a lot of dumb stuff together. We, um, we went to Branson. We did go to Branson. That was a good time. But we weren't super friends yet. We weren't. <laughs> Some of my favorite memories with Kylie is when we just drive. We'll get, like, in the mood. That sounds so boring, but I promise it's No, it's not. so fun. <laughs> we get so pumped, and we just blast our favorite country music sometimes worship where do we usually drive and we usually drive down 104th and mustang (laughs) road and then sometimes we take it to yukon but usually we tend to stay in mustang but our roots our roots as in my roots as in kylie's roots my roots are yukon but usually i drive so i pick yeah but if i was picking i would drive probably down 66 in yukon get all root get all root 66 So anyway, on a more serious note, let's just dive into this podcast, okay? Okay, so I have a question. I asked Tristan this question, too. I might make it a thing for when I have, you know, guests on here. My question for you is, was there ever a time that I gave you a piece of advice that you were like, that was good, or it, like, clicked for you? You know what I'm saying? There may not have been a time. (laughs) That's going to sound really bad, but, like, I'm just really... We kind of just say stuff to each other. Yeah, and and I also, like, don't really seek out advice very much ever. You really don't. Which sounds weird. (laughs) I feel like every single one of our conversations is just life lessons and how we feel. (laughs) Yeah, we just basically talk about something that sucks or how we feel. But we mostly agree on, like, everything. So it's not like I'm, like telling you what to something that do i already or... don't know and vice versa yeah it's kind of just like yeah someone can relate because we relate on almost every single thing yeah i feel like you give me advice to chill a lot but that was what i used with tristan too if you guys can't tell i'm clearly not chill inside very anxious person but she works on it yeah i do You've been you've been kind of anxious too. That's been something we've been kind of bonding over. That is true. Okay. Ever since I moved up to Edmond, just very anxious. Anxious. Maybe <clears throat> it's twenty twenty. Maybe it's the fact that we're twenty. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so hopping into what this podcast is actually about today, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Um, and before I jump into this, on a, I want to be serious now. Um. In my last podcast, not the one with Tristan, with my brother, but the one before about cycles, I kind of talked about my family and what cycles are, how the devil learns from our mistakes to keep us trapped in our cycles. cycles. And I would just like to put out a full disclosure that I talk about my family situation a lot, and it's not to sit here and bash on my family because I love my family. My mom is literally my best friend in the whole entire world, besides a few other ones. (laughs) Um, But my mom is seriously my best friend. I love my dad to death, like, so much. He makes mistakes, but don't we all? Um, I love my brothers. They're the best. Love them all. I'm just sharing the experiences that I've gone through because I feel like this world is wild and I feel like if we all 
helped each other and were honest about the things we struggled with, people would know that they're not alone. And so in saying that, my family's amazing. They love Jesus. My mom is literally the first one going to heaven if the rapture happens. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt at all. (laughs) No doubt. She's the most amazing, godly, awesome, sweet, kind, beautiful, awesome, beautiful, beautiful woman. Patient, patient woman. Patient, patient. Patient times 12 and then add another thousand. Yes. (laughs) That's my mom. So she's Proverbs 31, girl. <laughs> no, it's perfect. She is. But so, yeah, just wanted to put that out there and let you guys know that. And we're going to be talking about some probably pretty deep stuff. But we both we both love our families a lot. And, you know, you just got to share your experiences because other people are probably like, dang. And you never my know life sucks. by sharing your story who you can help out with others. Yeah. So that's why I really admire that Ashlyn is so open and honest. Um, well, their whole entire family is so open and honest for the most part about what they have gone through and how they've gone through it and how God has been on their side 24-7 and that is how they have made it to where they are. And it's very admirable just because a lot of people won't do that or they're ashamed to do that. And I can just feel like a lot of, a lot of people are affected by Ashlyn's words in a good way. Thank you. Of course. I really appreciate that. Um, so no shade thrown. So we're going to be talking about, um, forgiveness, which is a really tough subject, tough subject, especially for the both of us, for the both of us. Forgiveness (laughs) has been something that's very hard. And honestly, I haven't fully figured out. I mean, I know what forgiveness is. I know Mm -hmm. how to do it. It's just like, and we are talking about me and Ashlyn are in the same small group from our church, Victor yes. Family in Norman. It's a great church if you happen to ever want to go with you us. You can. <laughs> You're invited. Shoot us a DM. But um, we were talking about forgiveness the other day, and I don't know who said it, but we were saying that forgiveness is a choice that you have to make every single day. Yes. And and it's a continual choice. And, like, because things could happen to where it brings back memories and you, like, feel bitter again, and it's an, yet another day that you have to – Forgive that person and pray for them and still love them anyways because that's what we're called to do. So, giving a little basis of what we're talking about. And because I feel like people think that forgiving somebody is something you just... Because you hear forgive and forget. And that usually is not how it goes. Right. At least for me. Yeah. Because that's what I've always been taught. Because my brain is like, oh, if I forgive somebody, then I'm not thinking about it anymore. But why do I keep thinking about it? And it is a daily choice because you... It's not about forgiving and completely forgetting. It's about forgiving and when it pops up in your mind again, making that decision and having the self-control to be like, okay. I still forgive I'm them. setting this aside. I still forgive them. God is better than all of this and I will be fine. Um, on the same note, we were talking about forgiveness a lot in that small group. It wasn't we the were. last one. It was the one before, yeah, right? it was the one before. Um, I had watched a sermon by Sadie Robertson. Love that girl. I feel like I talked about her in another sermon you too. Did. I probably, or in another sermon, another um, podcast. podcast. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I was watching a sermon and it wasn't necessarily a fully about forgiveness the whole time, but maybe it was, I can't remember. Um, but it was, she was talking about how like getting the wind knocked out of you and she was explaining all of that. Great sermon. Um, once again, I keep saying in podcasts, go watch this or go watch that and I'll put the link somewhere. I never do. (laughs) I'll remind you. (laughs) Thank you. 
Um, but it was her, it's her most recent sermon that she did. But basically, she was talking about like getting the wind knocked out of you, and um, she like explained the actual definition of getting the wind knocked out of you. <laughs> and it was saying how it's not oxygen that actually leaves your body; it's the pressure of getting hit so hard it makes your diaphragm when it's supposed to come down and open to let oxygen in but yeah she was talking about getting the wind knocked out of you and she was talking about how the definition the way it was explaining it is it's not actually oxygen that leaves your body it's the impact is so hard that it like makes your diaphragm not able to open and close properly so therefore you can't breathe because you got hit so hard but it's not that you don't have oxygen or anything it's It's just just you got hit so hard so her kind of um example of that or what she was trying to say which once again just watch it because it makes more sense when she says it but it's about how like when we've been hit super hard by somebody and hurt really bad it's not that god isn't there because he's always there we've just been hit so hard. hard And it feels like it's the end, and it's like, what do we do? Feels like this you can't sucks. Breathe and that nothing's gonna get better, but right. But God is always there, just like oxygen's always there. Jesus be there. So anyway, that was that definition. But she was talking about um, explaining Jesus dying on the cross and talking about forgiveness and forgiving yourself or somebody that hurt you really bad, um, something that you didn't deserve and whatever, and she was explaining the story of when Jesus was dying on the cross and they had him hung. He was literally nailed by his hands and his feet and getting freaking sliced. The crown of thorns. Crown of thorns getting sliced left and right. And to even talk or to do anything, to even get a breath in, he had to lift up on his hands and feet that are nailed into something to even say anything. agonizing pain. Literally. And anyway, he lifted up on his literal nail-pierced hands and feet just to say, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the fact that that was that important for him, that he would go through all that pain just to say that for us to hear and to know as they're literally murdering him. And he's like, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that. speaks volumes. <laughs> speaks so much volumes. Speaks volumes. Because it makes me feel like the pity little things that I get mad about are nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we get mad at our friends or our family. And we're or somebody like, cutting me off on the road. <laughs> yeah, we're like, I freaking hate you. But we get so bitter about the smallest things. And it's, he's getting murdered for being perfect. He did nothing wrong his whole entire life. And everyone, they hated him mm-hmm. and murdered him. And all he has to say is forgive them for they know not what they do. Because, because he knows that what he's doing is for God and for the kingdom and to save all of humanity. So he knows the the bigger picture and he knows why he's doing it. But it's just like... God is good. God is so good. <laughs> Literally. And it's like if we could grasp that and... Re- well, it's something that's talked about so much, but I don't really feel like many people think about the depth of what it is. Yeah. Of like truly forgiving. And true sacrifice. Yeah. Like, that we'll nobody never... will have to do because he sacrificed for us. Right, right. So, that is wild. But I want to ask you a question, Kylie. Okay. Was there ever a moment in your life where you had to forgive yourself for something? Not somebody else, but yourself. Um, yes. Forgiving okay. myself. So, well, <laughs> after, <laughs> after I graduated, I still lived at home at the time. 
and I went to OCCC and I was very down a lot because I was like, I'm stuck at home. I'm not like at a regular college with all these new friends like everybody else. And I was basically very lonely. I had a few people still that lived around, but it just like, it felt weird. And I felt like I was being left out of what everybody else got to do. And in that being said, loneliness comes with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And not only did I feel lonely, but I felt like I needed to do things that wasn't of my character to be able to feel something. Yeah. And at that time, my relationship with God felt pretty non-existent. Yeah. So whenever that comes, you make a lot of decisions that you will eventually regret. Well, my decisions <laughs> well, my de- were smoking a lot of weed and drinking a lot to where... It was almost an every night thing, and I would sleep maybe three hours and then go work a nine-hour shift every day and then come back home and do it all again. So it took a long time for me to be able to forgive myself. It was like maybe like two months I was doing that and two months of pretty intense depression, (laughs) but it took a long time for me to basically snap myself out of it and realize that like this is not helping me in any sort of way at all Mm -hmm. and that it's just an empty pit that I'm in with things that won't ever satisfy me and basically it took my friend um basically kind of saying that you're just stupid and like being really real with me which is how I learn best is people being real and not beating around the bush which is how I am um but basically I feel like all the things I was doing was like a cry for help and nobody seemed to everybody at like in this day and age in our generation is like oh drinking partying smoking is really fun that's cool and I was doing it out as a out of a place of being lonely so which I feel like a lot of people do almost mm-hmm. everyone does but um I never felt like it was right it was just something that I chose to do and it wasn't until my friend literally was like you're being dumb you don't need to do these things these aren't helping you which is things I already knew but I just needed someone to see me if that makes any sense yeah and so after I did that I got back into church and actually putting my faith as my number one and it wasn't until like it was a process so it wasn't until I moved up to Edmond and was out on my own that I had to be able to like make the choice of like my faith is my own and I make it my own um and it wasn't until then that I chose to actually forgive myself because I was just so upset and regretful of what I did that I didn't even have the thought of forgiving myself like I just Mm -hmm. felt too shameful and that like God wouldn't accept me which he does yeah through anything that we do right anything bad he will accept you as long as you ask for forgiveness and so that's probably a, a time yeah that's so crazy because that was 2019, right? Well, first year I, at a, first yeah, school year out of high school. First school year out of high school, and I hid it from everyone. That's so crazy, though, because I didn't know that till just now. I mean, I knew that you smoked and drank here and there, but I didn't know the I extent didn't, of it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Um, well, that's why I said, like, I'm not the type to go and tell people my problems, and it takes, like, people seeing me. Like, because I'm very good at putting on a show and laughing and, mm-hmm. and acting but like nothing But you're also very, okay. like, self-disciplined. If you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, you're mm-hmm. not going to do it anymore. Yeah. You don't need somebody talking you into it. You just decide it for yourself. Right. I mean, and it... It did take... It did take a person to be like, yo, what are you doing? 
yeah you're dumb yeah but it always takes a community to be able to help you through the hard times it does take a community satan loves to attack when you're alone so have your friends um i feel like we all were low-key kind of going through it Mm -hmm. around that time because some of our other friends were also as well going through some stuff and doing yeah. some. I wasn't alone in the no in the ganja smoking, <laughs> in the drinking. Yeah, no, but it's just it's so weird because you feel alone. Like me and you were the only ones that stayed in Mustang. In yeah. Mustang, um, Maddie stayed. Yeah, yeah, Maddie stayed. But I mean, she had a boyfriend. Yeah. She has a boyfriend. Has had a boyfriend for a long and time. And is engaged now. And Congrats. is engaged. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> but anyway, it's just so weird because I specifically remember that time. And I also felt so alone because I just worked all the time. And I would come home. And do n- We never hung out. No. Around then. Mm-mm. We didn't. I hung out with two people that whole entire... It was like a summer. Yeah. Like school year into summer. Well, but we hung out that... that oh, that wasn't that summer. No, was it? How many summers have we been out of high school? This was the third. Because summer yeah, 2019. That's the summer I'm talking about. Okay, that's the summer I went buck. Yeah, wild. that's buck yeah. wild, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. But that's just so strange because we started out that summer. No, we didn't. We ended that summer together being uh-huh. dumb. We ended that summer being together. Yeah. Being, being together. I would say that time too for me around the time I had to forgive myself for a lot of things. I feel like everybody was going through it. now I'm learning to forgive myself right. for those things. But I'm, like, recently trying to learn how to forgive myself. But I would say same. I, I didn't drink as much, probably, <laughs> or smoke as much, but... We all have our downfall. <laughs> we a, do. In the past. We do. And mom, dad, Mimi... <laughs> If you're listening to this. But to family that's listening, we're sorry. We are sorry. And my mom didn't even know to literally like a month ago. I was just like, oh, by the way. Yeah, just know, just know there is redemption. We there le- is. We left it God out the altar. God is good. God is merciful. Hey, I know <laughs> we're being sarcastic, but he really is. It sounds sarcastic, but I'm literally... Just trying to be very transparent. And that is what I feel. Because he is merciful. Yes, he really is. And anything you do isn't too far, no matter how much your brain and Satan tells you that it's too far. Yeah. And I've always, which is funny, I've always been one of those people, like, that is like, God can forgive you. Don't be hard on yourself. Keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, like, I never understood girls that were like, oh, my gosh, I suck. My dad sucks. I have daddy issues. and. I just have made so many mistakes that screw it all. I'm just going to go downhill. I'm going to sleep with the world. I'm going to date idiots and whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I don't get it. And then I, now I get it. (laughs) And then one time I got it. (laughs) And then one time I understood. But I was always like, I never understood why they couldn't just forgive themselves, except that God forgives them and move forward and know that they're worth enough. Because it sounds a little bit dramatic, but that is a real thing. And Mm -hmm. feeling like you've messed up too much, you've gone too far, nobody will ever, nobody worth it will ever love you because of the stuff that you've done. Well, and it can also be like a lot of people that tell you those things and make you feel that way to where they're in the flesh 
And mm-hmm. so it seems like their opinions and their thoughts are more than what God thinks and feels about you. Right. And I think the church talks a lot about, especially in youth, they talk a lot about, and I'm saying the church just in general, like the American church everywhere. Um, but it, they talk a lot about, they like really press on teenagers, wait till you're married, don't drink, don't do drugs, this is bad, the Bible says this, this, and that. Which and is true. It is true. And save it for your husband, save all, don't do these things and whatever, because it will lead to death every single time, not physical te- death, sometimes physical but death, but like spiritual death and stuff, which is very true, but they, I don't feel like they teach enough what do you do after that? What do you like do if you already screwed up? What do you do if you let Satan win and are, and made a mistake? And how how do you keep moving forward mm-hmm. instead of falling into shame and then falling back into the traps of the same things you were doing before? Because then you just feel less than. Because when I... um, I always knew... Like, I understood God's forgiveness to a certain degree because... I always preached it super hard to my dad. I was like, he will forgive you. You're not too far gone. You haven't screwed up too much. Like there's, uh, there's hope and he just wants you to be better and you got this. And I would say that a lot, but then when it came to myself, I was like, it's very hard to practice what you preach. It's very hard to practice what you preach. You could say it to someone else all day long and be like, you got this. But then when you do something, you're like, Ooh. And that's why people have to go through it. Yes. To see to themselves. Understand. Yeah. yeah. So I just, that is something that I wish probably would have been expressed more, taught more. I don't really know. But then again, I feel like you're never really super prepared for that feeling. Mm-hmm. I think it always, some, everybody happens. deals with it in some way, shape, or form. Everybody's, it just looks different for some people. Okay, next question. Um, what's a Bible verse that... Do you have any specific Bible verse? It's okay, no pressure. <laughs> Is there a Bible verse that sticks out to you that has helped you in certain times? Maybe with forgiveness or just in general, forgiving somebody else or just life stuff. What's one Bible verse that has really stuck out to you through the times? Would you like me to answer first? Yes. So you have time to think. <laughs> um, I feel like John three sixteen. Just <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I literally knew you were gonna say it's that. It's not that. For much. God so loved the world well, that buddy. He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, perish. but have eternal life. Eternal. John three sixteen three one six John. <laughs> John. Um, I talked about this one in a, in a past podcast okay so it's proverbs um 16 3 and there's a few different translations here but i kind of like the new international translation the best because it says commit to the commit to the lord whatever you do and he will establish your your plans because i mean they're all saying the same thing but i think sometimes you can look at that and be like commit your actions to the unto the Lord and your plans will succeed and it has nothing to do with our plans succeeding necessarily but it has everything to to do with God's plans succeeding in your life and being fulfilled because when you commit to your actions to the Lord 
you have given your life to God and committed your life to God, so therefore it's not your plans that are succeeding, it's everything that God has done and established that is being shown through your life. And I feel like some people can look at it and be like, ooh, if I just, like, say I love Jesus and, like, low-key commit to him, then whatever I want to happen will happen. And that's not how it is. Because when we accept Jesus into our hearts and make that commitment to follow him, our lives are made new, our hearts are renewed, and everything, our desires completely change. Our heart breaks for what breaks his heart, and it's just different. So... I like that verse a lot because I freak out a lot about the future and about plans and knowing what to do and where am I going to end up? How do I know if I'm doing the right thing? And I think that just makes it way more simple if you look at it like that. Like if I just commit my actions to the Lord, then my plans will succeed and he will be shown through my life and he will establish my plans and he will lead me and guide me where I need to go. Anyway, have you thought of one? I think so. Okay, what is your verse? Okay, my favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 12.10. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because Mm. I feel like that verse is basically saying, like, like, it's easy to walk with God whenever things are going good and great in your life and it isn't until that you go through hardships that you really feel like you need to lean on God because it's easy when things are going good that you're like oh God's on the back burner things are going good I don't need him right now Mm -hmm. but whenever you are weak you are strong in the fact that he is there to keep you strong in the last (laughs) trusting God podcast with Whitney we talked about that just a little bit and there's this other verse in Isaiah and I can't remember what it is but maybe it's not in Isaiah wow I don't know but it's talking about um, count your count your trials as pure joy Literally. because it gives you a chance to grow. And I feel like that's so important because I've said this before, but I think people get like, they're like, but I love God and I'm so confused. Like, I feel like I've done everything right. And if God is so good and so merciful, then how come I'm going through this and that? And at the end of the day, the world isn't perfect and we're not perfect and God is and so he knows that this is just either something basically just something we have to go to or go through in order to grow and to be mature and to recognize things and have sympathy and have and realize that like you do have to depend on him yeah now you can't do it by yourself because I see if you don't go through hardships then you never really see that right and if you it's just like good and bad and um, evil and all that if you don't know what good is if you don't know what holy is then how are you supposed to know what bad is and mm-hmm. how are, you know there has to be I guess there doesn't have to be but because of the way the world is you because know, we are sinners because we're <laughs> sinners you know it's just that way I guess um, so another question when was there a time in your life where you had to forgive somebody else? It could be a friend, a family member, a co-worker, homeless dude on the side of the road who yelled at you, <laughs> anything. A time you had to forgive somebody. And how did you, how did you get through it? And if you haven't gone through it, how, how do you cope, I guess? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, long story short, my parents divorced 
whenever I was 11. It was like finalized when I was 12. And from the very beginning, I knew something was off. I knew something was like almost being, I felt like I was being lied to a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever they first, I first found out they were going to divorce, um, I wouldn't talk to my mom for the longest time because I was just bitter because it was her decision. And basically, like, my dad wanted to go to counseling. She didn't want to go to counseling. It just was kind of done, which, whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it took a big toll on how I grew up the rest of the time and how our relationship was, as in me and my mom's, because I never really felt like what she did was okay and for some reason like in the back of my mind because I felt like I was lied to I always felt very bitter and like I lashed out at her our relationship was very rocky really up until I moved out after I graduated which is a long time to be bitter a long time to be bitter but um it basically felt like a living hell a lot of the time because I never understood why I felt like I was being lied to but just deep down I felt like it and it wasn't until like my sisters basically came clean and told me everything that I felt like I could finally like it was like the closure I needed to be able to forgive her because I finally knew the truth but I never wanted to ask her because it was just a hard thing to talk about whether it was from my mom or my dad like they never wanted to talk about it and so I just never brought it up and it saved face and basically don't talk about it so it's not a problem type of thing is what they believed just brush it under the rug yeah and, keep and um so it wasn't until I talked with my sisters for the reason like for what really happened um until I could like that's whenever I could finally forgive her or what I felt like I could forgive her um I after the talk with my sisters <laughs> I basically <laughs> broke down and was freaking out and I just like that was like the first time in a long time that I felt like I had like no hope if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. and I was in my car and I was like I don't know what to do I don't know what to say I don't know what to like feel Mm -hmm. because the news was pretty detrimental but um like I said I broke down in my car and I just started writing and I think it was like in 2017 so I was like a junior or junior junior and I just started writing all my feelings and thoughts on this really dangerous... Actually, the notebook that Ashlyn got me for oh, Christmas. Really? The Christmas before. Yeah. Uh, but I just started... Oh, funny story about that. <laughs> so I bought her and our other friend Jordan um, some Christmas presents. And I, like, hurried and went to Target to go buy some stuff. And I bought... I don't remember what I got Jordan, but I got you a notebook. And I bought them both mugs because I thought they were so cute and huge. I'm like, dude, you can put so much hot chocolate in here, as many marshmallows as you want. And I get home, and my mom was like, those are alcohol mugs. Like beer mugs. Like beer mugs. And it, and it said, said, like, hoppy. Yeah. And, and something else. But it means it's, like, it's talking about, like, alcohol or something. I didn't know, though. I was like, oh, yeehaw. It said hoppy and then something else. But, yeah wasn't what I thought it was anyway but that Christmas she also got me that notebook that I wrote all my feelings down into and I was like "Ah, ah," basically the (laughs) whole entire time and it wasn't 
right then whenever I was like, okay, I can forgive her. And don't get me wrong, I still never confronted her, which is okay now, and I don't feel like I need to. But um, it took a long time of, like, processing and, like, talking with my sisters about it and, like, debating, should I talk to her, should I not? Will it make things worse because we've always had a rocky relationship or not? And like still seeing her like in the back of my mind a lot of the time I still had the thoughts even after the talk with my sisters of like bitterness and like why did you do this my life is this way because of you even though my life was great yeah it just wasn't what I wanted it to be Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I moved out to Edmond after my crazy crazy time of oh mom all my bad decisions (laughs) um that I finally forgave her and it just took some separation of not seeing her all the time to be able to forgive her and I won't act like it's like some crazy thing and it literally was just years and years and then finally having the closure of knowing what really happened and realizing that like my parents aren't perfect and like I don't need to put my hope and my faith in my parents and Mm -hmm. like the things that they did may have made me a very bitter and like sad and whatever type of child but um it didn't have to be that way mm-hmm. and everything happens for a reason you are who you are because of that right and a lot of it like I feel like the way I felt about my earthly parents is what projected onto my heavenly mm-hmm. father and so it like caused a lot of tension to where I was like but since my dad isn't here all the time because my dad was very absent growing up um then like why should my heavenly father have to be here for me like it was totally backwards yeah and so it made me feel like I was just alone a lot of the time and my sisters were older and I didn't really know who to go to what to say when to say it and so like I said it wasn't until I moved out that I finally had the thought of oh i don't feel bitter anymore. I Mm -hmm. do forgive her. It's not her fault. Like, her sins aren't worse than my sins. And if she has forgiven me for everything I've done and treated her so poorly and still loves me, then I can do the same. Right. And it was very hard. But we are here. I love my family. I love my parents. Um, And it doesn't just because you have a bad... And they're good people. They are great people. But I was thinking about this earlier and just thinking about forgiveness and this conversation and stuff like that and things because we've both been affected by our parents right um in very different ways very different ways yeah but it all kind of to a certain degree boils down to the same thing which me and you were talking about this in the car the other day about um people's stories and who's gone through worse or who hasn't and people saying well that sucks but I've been through worse yeah and that grinds my freaking gears because because everybody's path is different nobody walks through the same exact thing right and I was was at a service one Wednesday night and the pastor had said um was like talking about yes somebody's (laughs) testimony that he knew and he was talking about how he was saying all the stuff that this guy had been through and he was like, he has seen this and that and had to do this and whatever. And, um, you know, had an alcoholic for a dad and a alcoholic for a stepdad and found him, whatever. And then he said, he said something like, if you haven't gone through something like that, then you have no, you have no excuse. You know, you just need to pick it back up and brush it off and keep moving forward because he's been through this. And so, 
you can't say whatever. And it just really, really upset me because I was like, hold up a minute. Guarantee there's kids in this room that have been raped. There's kids in this room that have been abused their whole entire childhood or have been in and out of foster care. Like, you don't know people's past. You don't know their lives. They could have been, their parents could have been murdered right in front of them. They could have been almost killed. You know what I mean? Like, it's not your right to say that what he has gone through is worse than what you have gone through. Yeah, and make everybody else feel less significant because of that. And it's just really frustrating because that's, like, hearing stuff like that, I feel like, makes other kids, like, either feel not understood or not, like, like they're alone or they just need to, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and it's stuff that, like, we all have some form of childhood hurt. I think everybody does to a certain degree, depending on what it is. Um, but you have to be able to work through them. People need people to talk to them about it and to know they're not alone and to know that they're not just being a baby. Like, their problems are actually... Valid. Valid. And for someone who, like you, you've been through your things, you've been through divorce and different stuff like that, I've seen addiction and I've seen lots of crazy things but that doesn't make your your problems less than mine it just and vice versa yeah it's just we go through different things different strokes for different folks (laughs) (laughs) i've been saying that a lot if everybody was the same then the world would be so boring and it i feel like it'd be way less beneficial right because like just like how you're using this podcast as a platform to like say what you have been through and have others say what they have been through and to reach people that may be like nobody that I know has ever been through this I don't know what to do I don't know what to say Mm. it's just like you're using this in your situation as a way to help others and that's what I feel like we're supposed to do yeah and that's why you being so transparent about everything is very admirable because a lot of people aren't thank you I do feel like if more And not that I'm like, oh, I'm awesome. But I feel like it just in our day-to-day lives, if we all made a point to have relationships with people and have those conversations and get to know people, there's so many people. We'll be friends with people of diversity. Not everybody just like you because you... Yeah, our pastor literally talked about that today. (laughs) Like going out of our way to share our faith with people and to... Old. Old. Young. young, Black, white. Yes. Any race. Any, any race, type of any sexuality. Age. Yeah, just and it's not about it's not about shoving what you believe down somebody's throat. Some people might take it that way. Um <laughs> but that's not it's it's not the way to approach it is to you know cram everything down people's throat and say Jesus is the way, the truth, the life and you need to follow him. Although that is true, you There's should start a, by loving them first. Build a relationship, build that foundation. But if we all would just be real with people and share our stories and quit trying to cover up the things we've done. And, and sugarcoat it. Yeah, and that's something that it's really easy for me to talk to people about my parents and about my dad and his addiction and the way that it's affected me um, because it's not something I did. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the mistakes I've made, it's way harder mm-hmm. because I'm like... I don't want people to know that. I don't want people to hear that I did this and that. But it's people that try to pretend and act like they're perfect that people can't even respect. Because they're like, you don't get me. You don't understand. Right. And you try to act like you have it together. But I think if we were just all honest about the things that we have done and deal with and go through, 
we could help each other out a lot mm-hmm. and the world would probably be a little bit of a better place you know but well, i think one can hope one can hope <laughs> i think to a certain degree our generation it kind of goes 50 50 i feel like we're good about sharing stuff like everybody's kind of more open it's kind of the thing to be real and authentic and the mm-hmm. real you but i also think it gets kind of sugar-coated a little bit on social media like you know what I mean like everybody wants to have the cutest Instagram and to look like this and to look like that and Mm -hmm. to portray themselves as this type of person influencers influencers (laughs) but um I think people are trying to be real and authentic but I think it keeps somehow like getting masked again with being trendy and being mm-hmm. whatever but i mean compared to our, our like parents generation and everybody older yes. like they were told to be perfect just zip it and, and to sh- shut up and your problems don't matter like yeah. you're just supposed to be that quiet kid quiet person mm-hmm. that says nothing and does nothing yeah and like church was very like prim and proper you had to look a certain way you had to fit the mold you weren't allowed to talk about this because people who struggled with this were like psychos and yeah. you know i think like, that's not real exactly <laughs> that's of the devil you don't do that yeah <laughs> we don't talk about that yeah but our generation now is a lot more like speak your mind mm-hmm. and be who you want to be maybe to a little yeah, bit of a ex- ex- massive extent yeah but I think we definitely take it overboard. We take it overboard, but compared to what we, our parents know and are, Mm -hmm. I feel like we could find a happy medium. Yeah. I think there's a definite happy medium. And to be honest, I don't think we'll ever achieve that because it's the world once again and it will never be perfect. Right. Um, I just don't see that happening. But anyway... That is all we got for today. Thank you guys for listening. And if you are struggling with forgiving somebody or forgiving yourself, for one, remember that it's a process. It's a process. And don't be too hard on yourself and don't be hard on other people because we literally all screw up, even though I know that's a lot easier said than done. Just try to remember the cross Try to remember Jesus and remember that he literally forgave people that despised him and murdered him and tortured him. And he wants us to do the same. Um, That doesn't mean to be naive and let people walk all over you. But when you hold on to bitterness, it really is only affecting you and not the other person. Yes, and it hardens your heart. So um god loves you he forgives you you're awesome and basically um subscribe to this podcast if you can you can yeah you can. yeah subscribe to this podcast um go to the instagram page life be crazy give us a follow um let me know what you think about it on the post um and if you need anyone to talk to you can dm me i'll probably answer i'm pretty bad at that but i might answer it um anyways have a great week thank you kylie for being on the podcast it is my pleasure dude would you like to give a shout out to anyone any folks out there you love uh i know that ari would really appreciate it if i shouted her out so shout out ari that's my roommate and one of my besties but yeah thank you guys for listening have a great week you guys are the dopest and pretty much deuces peace out okay the deal okay,